This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the latest episode of the podcast for alpaca people. The grass has obviously slowed down a bit here, and the alpacas are much keener to get their morning and evening rations. For the girls, including pregnant females, they now have dried peas added to their dry pellets. The extra protein does them good and allows for extra resources for the growing foetuses. Hay has also gained in popularity, another sure sign that while the grass is still being eaten, They're looking for a bit extra. A good balanced diet is essential, and as the fleece is growing, remember to get your hands on them now and again to check their body score. When the weather goes particularly cold for a number of days, I tend to supplement their feed with alfalfa or other dried food that has molasses added to it. Already added, rather than me adding it. Mind you, there's an idea. Oh, okay. Maybe not. Images of a very sticky mess. I've also used sugar beet, for prolonged cold periods, soaked overnight to boost the easily accessed sugars. It means they are less likely to strip out their fat reserves to just keep warm. Molasses and sugar beet offer a quick and easy access to energy for warmth. Older, very young or sick animals may need additional protection from a waterproof coat. Great for career in the UK's unpredictable summers, they come in a range of sizes for young through to adults. I know some people have been making use of calf coats that are available. Size and fit will need to be checked out, but they do look interesting. Any one of our listeners got experience of them? Or other coats? What have you used? Drop me an email to steve at alpacatribe.com. Walking into the alpaca corral yesterday, I saw one of our younger females standing halfway between about to take a step, but not quite making it. And there was a funny but familiar look to her. I then realised she wasn't just being indecisive, she was trying not to put any weight on one of her front feet. I siphoned her off into the small stable, slightly easier since she's limping. I then got the rest of the group busy with some food and took hers into her to give her an examination. When you have a situation like this, there's no need to panic or rush. The question of, do I call the vet, sits there and gradually recedes or moves closer, depending on what you find when you examine the animal. Small areas are better than large. Even the small stable is too big for close examination like this without chasing them around. Make your life easier and use an alpaca hurdle catch pen. In this case, Talia was limping and not wanting to put much weight on her front right foot. As you examine your animal, it's a process of refining and ruling out various causes or potential explanations. It's a form of differential diagnosis. Is she limping because of gut parasites? Oh, okay, that's not likely or even possible. Start simple and straightforward. The most obvious explanation is probably the right one. With Talia, some weight she'd rather not, rather than simply can't bear any weight at all. If it had been no weight at all, 
it would suggest a much more serious injury, such as a break to a bone or a dislocation in a joint. So, some weight-bearing. Next, is there any sign of blood, a wound or a cut? No, nothing obvious. Is it the whole leg or just the foot? Can't tell initially, but it seems to be the lower part. Moving in closer. Oh, okay, quick check here. She's in a small stable, safe, but on her own. As are you. Can you do this yourself? Or, even at this stage, do you need help? A key decision to make as early as you can is, am I out of my depth? Do I need help? Could be the vet, it could be someone that you work with. If you can't manage to contain the animal enough at this stage, you need someone to hold the animal while you examine her. Otherwise, stress, panic and a lot of failed attempts lie ahead of you. No, in this case, I can manage, I think. I can try and change my mind if I have to. She stopped trying to run away, but is deliberately hiding the painful leg and foot. She knows I'm trying to get to it, and I know she's trying to thwart me. Take a deep breath, slow and steady. No panic or rush needed. Keep the temperature down. I manoeuvred her a bit until I could access the leg, but still control her. Thank goodness alpacas have pads rather than hoofs. Expect and anticipate a defensive kick may be coming your way. Once steady and stable, I worked down the leg, gently running my hand over the surface and squeezing the joints again very gently, watching for a reaction all the time. Was the reaction because Talia doesn't like her leg being grabbed or because you touched a painful spot? I worked down the knee joint and down to the foot and tested each joint for sensitivity. Once I lifted her foot and could see the surface of the pad, or could I, Having my head torch would have been a good idea. Ah, part of our earlier reflections on can I do this myself? Have I got everything I need? Hmm. Do I stop to come back later with the head torch? Maybe. Can I carry on? Any of these answers could be the right one. While the foot is lifted is a good opportunity to gently flex the joint, moving it in its normal radius. Don't overextend or twist. Do it gently, and if possible, with minimal resistance from your alpaca, proving that they're relaxed. With Talia, the joints were fine. Holding the joint and the foot, did it feel hot? Sign of infection or inflammation? It felt warm. But my hands were cold. Hmm, okay, good point to remember. Do you do this with your gloves on, or with your gloves off? It depends. But you're going to feel more sensitivity without gloves on, if you're not going to expose yourself to something that could be harmful to you, for example, pus from an abscess, or maybe blood. Sometimes they will stand on thorns that create an infected spot, they walk on the soil, the droppings, the water, etc., which could easily set up an infection, which then develops into an abscess, requiring antibiotics. Brush off, or if necessary, wash off the pad. I have sometimes used a plastic jug of water and dipped the foot into it to remove excessive dirt, and reveal anything that could be the problem. Check for cuts, roughness or spikes, for example a thorn in the pad. You'll be able to feel it. Again, hands rather than gloves might be easier. In Talia's case, nothing there. Releasing the foot. Is the limp still there? Hmm, yes. Okay, no major visible trauma or obvious cause. 
Has the answer been found to the mysterious limp? No. Now what? Well, I've ruled out the call the vet option. It's not that severe. Just the limping, not in shock or obvious pain, no sign of blood, pus or infection. Okay, so far, so good. What is left? Maybe a physical knock or a wrench from fighting? Well, she's a female, so it's less likely, but a knock is possible. Time is our next diagnostic tool. Is she okay enough to be left with the group, running free, or better to keep her in with a companion? In Talia's case, I decided she was okay to be out and moving about. Relief all over her face, and she stopped her ever more insistent humming, wanting to be connected with the herd. Sometimes it is right to separate, but sometimes it's not. By the afternoon, when I saw the group again, she was no longer limping badly. She was load-bearing, but did seem to be favouring it slightly. She was also very attentive to where I was, what I was doing, and as to whether she was the centre of my attention. She was eyeing me very suspiciously. This morning. Okay, so more time. No sign of any limp. Free movement, back to normal, although still suspicious of me when I'm looking at her too closely. There you go. A worked example of differential diagnosis, in this case for a limp. Similar principles apply to other situations, but you might have to do different investigations. So what are the key points? What are the takeaways? Firstly, am I out of my depth? And do I need assistance? Secondly, what can I do to check exactly what the problem is? or at least narrow down its source. Number three, what can I rule out? The next steps, watch and wait, arrange a vet visit, or ask someone for advice. I hope you don't have to face many of these problems. But perhaps this could give you a clear way to assess the situation without panic if you do. What might it be? Start simple. What is it not? What is left and what do I need to do about it? Hope you found this helpful. Thanks for being with me on the journey and hope to see you again soon. If it helps, please pass it on. And remember, you can send me a message by email or by using the voice message link on the website or in the show notes. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a good day.